When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Young Bucks Podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network, your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of Choice. Corey, it's the trade deadline. It's a wild time, both in the minor leagues and the major leagues. People are shuffling in and out here, there, everywhere. And it is shaping up to be a wild one right now for the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. Uh, we do have a big move. We're recording this late Monday night. So there was a, a, a move with Jose Quintana being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. Here's the return from what we're seeing late Monday night. Uh, Buckos will get... Um, a left-handed, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a pitcher named Johan Oviedo. Uh, he's a Cuban-born pitcher. He's 24 years old. He's 24, and he's been in the big leagues for parts of three seasons now. So we're, this is the Young Bucks uh, podcast. He's probably going to go straight to Pittsburgh, we would think. Uh, he, he appeared in 14 games for the Cardinals this year, one in relief with a 320 ERA. So my thought process would be he would go straight to the big leagues uh, and that's a pretty good return Jared that looks like a good return because we knew Quintana was going to be traded the other guy is a really intriguing guy another Cuban born player his name's Malcolm Nunez he's 21 and we think he's going to be going to the double A Altoona curve he's in double A right now in Springfield or has been for the Cardinals uh, in 85 games batted 255 17 homers, 66 RBIs, 11 doubles. So he's got 28 extra base hits and an OPS of 823. I like that. This this looks like we, we found this out basically 20 minutes before we started recording the podcast. It looks like a pretty good return. You got a major league ready uh, pitcher, probably a relief pitcher, and then a pretty good young double-A bat who's 21 years old and has 17 homers in double-A this season. Yeah, I mean, they're both intriguing. Obviously, you know, when you look at minor league prospects, um, they can be a, they can be impact players right away. I mean, you look at what happened with Jack Swinski and Diego Castillo last year. They were impact players right away, and then they went to the majors uh, early this year and and stay there up until you know very recently with Swinski and Castillo. You know now being in AAA uh, to get everyday reps, uh, which I think is going to change too. And I think that's something that we're going to talk about here um, later on into uh, the third segment what this does to the rest of the rosters throughout the organization and how the, how mm-hmm. the pirates are going to, to handle that. But yeah, if you're going to trade a guy like Quintana, who's a veteran 
who is the veteran presence in that rotation, which I do think that is valuable. I think it is important to have veterans in positions like that. Uh, you guys, you got to get a guy that's, I think, a top level prospect and also a major league ready guy. And if you're able to get that, I think that's a great return. Um, am I sad to see Quintana go? Um, yes, I think, you know, what he was able to do with the Pirates this year, I think it was great. Um, it, it was very good for, for what they needed him to be. And, and as a leader and a, and a guy in that clubhouse, I, I think that's a big loss. Um, and you really can't put a value on that type of loss. So now, you know, you have a lot of guys that are still in their minor league deals uh, and their, uh, or their, their rookie contracts uh, still in the majors and, you know, having to lead a group of grown men into the, into, you know, the rebuild or whatever you want to call it that the pirates are having, but I think it's a good return. And I'm interested to see the kind of moves the, the, the Ben Sherrington makes, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the day here, because I think mm-hmm. that's going to be important to see what their process is and, and where their direct, where the direction of the organization is going. Well, and again, this is going to air Tuesday morning. By the time people listen to this, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, the deadline will be over. There will be some other trades, we would think. Alex Stump, I'm sure, will have everybody up to speed on all the prospects that the Pirates are getting back. This was to be expected. Uh, when, when I try to predict what the Pirates are going to do in a given year, Jared, I have a Pirates record prediction on my radio show every year. And it's always kind of the same thing. The Pirates will be pretty good for maybe most of the first half. They'll be pretty competitive. But then when they fall apart, they're going to be trading veterans and they're going to re- they're going to hit the reset button. And so it's the same thing every year. So here we are. The Buccos are 22 games under 500. You're trading away your best pitcher. We think they're going to keep Brian Reynolds. I can't imagine they're going to trade him right now, but some other guys are going to get traded. And then you just kind of cross your fingers on what the rest of the season will be. DK wrote a column earlier in the week or or maybe late last week, he said, management doesn't care about this year's team. So why should you? And we are clearly at that point now. I mean, we are clearly at the point where um, they did not care what this year's record was going to be. And they were going to be, they're trying to showcase some of these older guys to see what they could get for them at all. Well, now that we're through the trade deadline, let the kids kind of play kind of thing. That's that's what we're really going to be seeing here um, as DK's column for Monday says, knock off the nonsense, bring the kids back, and coach them. And that third component is really the important because everybody always does this, Jared. They say, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. Play. Well, you know what? Minor league baseball does exist for a reason. A lot of times the kids aren't ready. A lot of times the kids aren't good enough. And if you're just going to go out there and play seven or eight rookies or second year guys, you're going to get your ass beat. Really? You're, you're going to lose bad. You're going to lose a lot, but you got to coach them. You got to develop them the right way. And you have to make sure that you keep the culture strong enough that when they lose for the next couple of months and they finish with a hundred losses or whatever, you don't let O'Neill Cruz or Brian Hayes or, or other young players on the, in the organization, you don't let them get the feeling that that's the culture that's going to be here. You, you want them to have the feeling that the culture will get better in a year or two. Yeah. And they talk about player centric and this, that, whatever. And, you know, you just got to put up or shut up at this point. You know, you have to put, you have to figure out what your identity is as an organization, where your direction is. And, and yeah, I mean, it, you got to let the kids play, but you're going to take your lumps. There's, there are going to be wins and there are going to be some horrific losses as we saw when they were playing those guys, when guys like Ben Gamble um, were hurt and, 
you know, it, it, you look at a guy like Jack Swinski who's absolutely lighting up AAA. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the, on Mondays, the organizations that has off uh, for in the minor leagues, but, you know, I'd be interested to see what Diego Castillo can do with regular playing time. And, and Kevin Newman, to his credit, has come up and, and played and played every day and, and had success. And you can't have O'Neill Cruz not in the lineup. So, you you know, Diego Castillo ends up being the odd man out because Kevin Newman comes up and does what Kevin Newman is supposed to do and what people wanted him to do. But you got to develop on the fly. And that's always tough uh, because, you know, we will go back to those vet, that veteran presence. You got to you got to learn the ropes. And when you learn the ropes with guys that are your age and that haven't really been through those tough moments, you know, that's not always the easiest thing to do. So, you know, that's why I think, you know, the loss of Quintana will be felt not just on the field, but off the field as well. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how soon those young guys come up like to Capita Marcano, um, who's lighting it up in triple A uh, guys like Castillo, Sawinski, um, are they going to come up and, and, and maintain that just like they were before? And how much of it is to get them regular reps? How much of it is, you know, contract related? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Charrington and company come up and, and store with. But if you sit here and try to, to guess, you're just kind of throwing shit at a wall. And, and that's the way the Pirates do things. OK, the good news is we'll close segment one with the good news. And that is Ben Charrington does have a plan. OK, we've known this even with 100 losses last year, probably 100 losses this year, there is a plan. We're going to talk about the bad news coming up in the second segment, and that is you need your plan to kind of go as pl- as planned with players that you're counting on in a year or two or three, developing, staying healthy, and producing. So let's cut it off here, Jared, because I'm going to give folks the bad news about the plan here in the second segment. Right. So like Corey said, we're going to go off into the second segment here on the uh, Young Bucks podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the Young Bucks Podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of choice. Corey, you mentioned bad news. Lay it on me. Okay, so the key phrase with the Pirates is window of opportunity. All right. No matter what the Pirates do, they're really never going to have more than a window of opportunity of two years, max three. Would you agree with that, Jared, that if everything goes right? Their window of opportunity is a two to three year gap, right? Yeah, I think 2004, 2024 and 2025 would be the, mm-hmm. the the best case scenario. Why? Okay, because at that point, Brian Reynolds is probably going to be traded. We think Brian Hayes will be there for the long haul, be, longer time because he's got a contract now. But you never know with this organization. Mitch Keller, if he continues to, to progress well, he'll probably be gone. So what we're talking about with window of opportunity is you have to try to plan everything out to where Henry Davis gets there and is productive along with your key years of Brian Reynolds, Kebron Hayes, Mitch Keller, and so on and so forth. Nick Gonzalez, you want him there to develop and progress. Obviously, O'Neill Cruz is already there. Here's the issue. Here's the bad news. 
Henry Davis might not play again this season. He's got the wrist injury. He's out right now. Ben Sherrington said over the weekend, they're hopeful. Hopeful he'll play again. There's a month and a half left of the minor league season. Nick Gonzalez, they're hopeful he'll play. He he might be able to come back for a couple weeks from his foot injury, um, and, and there and and he can get some more games. These weren't lost seasons for Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez, two of your top three or four prospects. But they, you know, Henry Davis is going to play in 30, 40 percent of a season. Nick Gonzalez is going to play 40, 50 percent of a season. That screws up your timeline. That's what I'm getting at. Whatever your window of opportunity is that you think 2024, 2025, well, you need Henry Davis as ready as possible by that time. You need Nick Gonzalez as ready as possible by that time. So when you're constantly in, constantly a never ending rebuild mode of trying to look ahead to two to three years with what your prospects are going to do. The one thing you have to have, Jared, is you have to have your prospects stay healthy, okay, at the very least. And then number two, you have to have your prospects produce at a high level and show that they are are, are worth the time. But that's that's the bad news here. We're we're on this rebuild plan, and and Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez specifically miss a lot of time. God forbid if O'Neill Cruz has to miss a lot of time in in the next year or two because they're only going to have that 2024-2025 window of opportunity they need all of these guys to come together at the right time. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. I mean, the good news for Henry Davis is he's a year out of college and he was already in double A. Now, I don't think that it's a completely lost season. Um, you know, uh, hopefully he comes back. I would imagine that if he's healthy, he'll go to the fall league, though that could be difficult um, depending on the severity of the wrist injury. Um, but they have to be careful with that because, again, he's the catcher of the future. And if you've paid attention to Pirates baseball, um, the catcher of the uh, of the present is Jason Delay. Uh, that's not a great situation to be in. It's no disrespect to Jason Delay, but Henry Davis, he is not. Um, you know, so I mean, Nick Gonzalez, I think I'd be more worried about development wise because Henry Davis, you know, comes he's an established product, uh, but I think he'll end up in Triple A next year. Um, you think, okay, so look, hang but on. that's I after being I- in Double A. I think, I think he, he starts, starts season, in Altoona. Yeah, he's going to start in Altoona again and then get to AAA, I think, in the first quarter of the year. Uh, but Nick Gonzalez is, I think, you know, you got to see what he's able to do. And now it's a, a completely different injury. So, you know, with, with a heel injury in Nick Gonzalez, it's a lot different because Henry Davis is a wrist. Well, wrist affects you a heck of a lot more uh, when you're swinging, catching, receiving, throwing, all of it. Um, whereas Nick Gonzalez, you know, you've got to get back to – when you're doing your therapy, you got to get back to your legs being equal. And that's always difficult too. But, you know, for Nick Gonzalez, he wasn't lighting the world on fire in double A. Now he had gotten a lot better and was showing some signs of improvement, but those results were just then starting to, to get up, you know, when he was, when he was hurt and put on the IL. So, you know, for Nick Gonzalez, and you want to talk about that timeline, you know, the good news is that Pigueros of the world are still on track. Right. So you have to have to weigh with the good with the bad and you have to see whether this is a a year lost with them or or not, because that's, you know, that's a telltale sign. I think with Henry Davis, you know, once he's back from his wrist injury, uh, whether they shut him down or not, I think he'll be further along than Nick Gonzalez. But again, two totally different players, two totally different positions and two different positions of need uh, within the organization as well. Well, there's again, the good news is there is a plan. 
the bad news is everything has to come together. And we didn't, I didn't mention Juwan Bay, who's injured now as well. Uh, I, I, I will disagree with one thing you said about Leo Vergaro. He's, he's been, he's come back down to earth the second half of the season for the Altoona curve. He's now hitting 263. Not that batting average is the be all end all, but he's hitting 263 with a 708 OPS. Seven homers, 39 RBIs. I mean, he got off to such a great start, and we're wondering, okay, well, O'Neill Cruz can go to the outfield, and the over Pagaro is going to be the shortstop of the future, maybe. But again, the 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 bad the potential bad news with this kind of stuff is not all minor league prospects are going to pan out. You're kind of hoping, really, to be to be honest with you, you're probably hoping for about 40%. If you got 10 guys, you're hoping four of them pan out. All right. If it's three, that's bad. If it's five or more, you've hit the jackpot, baby. You're probably looking for about four guys. And so that's why Ben Sherrington went for quantity in these trades. And we'll probably see, again, by the time people listen to this, the trade deadline may be over. But we, I think they'll bring in some more younger guys. And so you're just looking for 35, 40% of these guys to pan out. But when Henry Davis has to miss time, not that he was a trade guy, but Nick Gonzalez has him his time. Juwan Bay has him his time. Leo Pagaro starts to struggle a little bit. I, I, I mean, you 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 do kind of start to think, okay, well, these are all the things you need to go right for 2024, 2025 to be that window of opportunity. You don't want to start crossing X's through numbers of those things right now in 2022. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have that window of opportunity and you, and you want to take advantage of it, but anytime you know, something bad, something happens and it, it stunts growth or development, then yeah, it, it is cause for concern. Uh, and, and I think you have to look at it, you know, from a positional basis, obviously starting pitching is a necessity. So you hope that Majinski uh, can figure it out and, and uh, Priester can continue his development. Uh, you know, he's been throwing very, very well since coming. Yes. Off the IL. Yep. Um, you know, you hope that Burroughs is able to, to amp it up a little bit. Uh, so you hope that those guys are part of the future, but then you look at uh, position wise, you know, Penn, or the pirates don't really look like a team that need has some organization need at second base, the way that we thought they might've been when Nick Gonzalez was drafted, you know, if Kevin Newman proves and, and if Newman is still with the organization by the time it's all said and done, uh, you know, obviously we could talk about this on Wednesday and this, everything could be completely different with the way that, that the team and the roster makeup is. And I think that's the that's the intriguing part of, you know, the trade deadline. But right now, you know, Gonzalez has time to develop at his own pace because guess what? Their middle infielders are a dime a dozen. Castillo, Diego Castillo has proven that he's more than capable of playing every day at the major league level. Now, he's got to be more consistent. Sure. Um, O'Neill Cruz, same thing. Can pr- has proven that he can play at the everyday at uh, at an everyday level, just got to be more consistent and, and develop on the fly. Uh, but if Newman can play second base and he's not traded, I think that that adds some value there. Uh, and then you've got, like you said, you have Juwan Bay, you have guys that can play there and it's just, it'll just be interesting to see what that dynamic is. And then you look at the catcher position and that's just a black hole. Um, you know that, and I think they found a first baseman in Michael Chavis uh, at the major league level. But they've also got Blymadris, who was working at that at AAA. And you've got, you know, you 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 hope that Mason Martin can take that next step, but it, it just seems like he hasn't been able or capable of doing that. And that's unfortunate because I think Mason Martin could be uh, successful. But again, you know, you have that window of opportunity, and and you and it's contingent on so many different little things, trades. Uh, injuries, free agency, 
Um, you know, and just all that goes into that little window of opportunity and taking advantage of it. Uh, it, 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 who knows what can happen down the line. Well, the last thing I'll say here before we talk about playing the kids in the third segment is um, some of the kids are, are not going to work out. Okay. The, some of them will, and some of them won't. And so what happens with big league clubs like the pirates, both Jared, you and I both cover minor league baseball and college football. College football is all about looking at the recruits. Who's the next guy going to be? Baseball is the same way. Major league teams with struggling big league or fan bases with struggling big league teams, they can't wait to look for the next prospect. But I've covered double A for almost 30 years. 75% of double A prospects do not pan out. Okay. And so I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just trying to say that the good news is Ben Charrington's got a plan. The bad news is there's a pretty large percent of chance this plan won't work. Okay. And, and that's just simply because. As I tell my 10-year-old kids and I coach, baseball is the hardest game in the world. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. And, you know, you have to hit a round ball with a round bat and you have to hit it square. And, you know. But am I lying, Jared? I was playing golf with my kid last week and uh, kids all the time that baseball is the hardest game in the world. I actually think golf is the hardest game in the world. Now, hitting a hitting a fastball. What do you think, Jerry? Which way are you going to vote? What's a harder, playing golf or playing baseball? Um, I think harder is the toll that baseball plays on you. I think golf is a little bit easier on the body. Um, yeah. But I think golf is the most frustrating sport um, that I've ever played. And I've picked up golf as a hobby um, over the last few, flat, last few years. And, you know, it is very, very frustrating because – you are responsible for everything that happens in your game, right? Not, I mean, the tree that you hit off the tee box or the, the water that you hit or that jumps out at you in the pond. Um, but you're responsible. Now in baseball, you can be hidden. You can hit 160 or 165 and the team around you can, can pull you up or lift you up. That's right. But in but golf, the- man, you're on your own little Island and you, and it's, and I think it's more of a mental game. Don't get me wrong. I, I gave a speech at, at one of my practices about confidence and how confidence is key in, in growth and and whether you can do the job or not. You have to have confidence that you can do it uh, and go out and, and do it to the best of your ability. And when you have that confidence, the sky is the limit. But in golf, man, you're in your own head every day. Well, you got to hit this shot. You got to hit. You got to do this. You're only the 200 yards out. You're, you know, can you get there? Uh, and then you got to hit the ball and. You know, sometimes you're going to pull your head and you're going to hit a ball that's going to be a worm burner or you're going to sky it up and it's going to, you know, or you're going to hit a tree or hit something and uh, hit a rock or hit a cart path. And, you know, golf is frustrating because then you three putt an eagle chance or something like that. And it's just one of those situations where it might not be the hardest game in the world, but it's probably the hardest mentally, uh, in my opinion, at least. See, folks, that's why we have some good podcasts. We give you some good things to think about here. That's a, Hopefully everybody's out there pondering what's harder, baseball or golf. That's right. So, you know, as we ponder and I go get my ball out of the lake once again, <laughs> we'll come back with the third and final segment of the Young Bucks podcast to talk about playing the young guys.
Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Young Bucks podcast. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pruvar. Corey, there's nothing wrong with the youth movement, but the youth movement is difficult because, well, there's a lot of movement. They have minor league options. They have contracts that, you know, you have to manipulate uh, if you're a, if you're a small market team or low budget team like the Pirates are or claim to be. And, you know, that means guys like Jackson Winsky and Diego Castillo get that DFA tag. They're designated for assignment when guys like Ben Gamble or uh, Jake Marisnik or whoever come back and return from, you know, the IL. And sometimes are the odd men out. And that's the nature of the game when you're a young player uh, because you have options. And those options, while be it contractual, maybe... You know, you look at everything on a player to player basis, but man, the kids have to have to play. Well, look, it's the only hope for the Pirates. This window of opportunity we talked about earlier for 2024, 2025, the only hope for that window of opportunity. Now, some of these names might change are to Brian Hayes, maybe Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz, Jack Sawinski. Diego Castilla, Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, Mitch Keller. These guys got to play. And what you've got to do is you've got to allow them to have their ups and downs. Now, look, Sawinski, I think, was in an 0 for 28 slump when he got sent down. And, yeah, he leads the minor league or the major leagues in, in homers by a rookie with 14. But he was also batting 198. Now, batting average isn't the most important thing in the world, but he was batting 198 with 76 strikeouts and 222 at-bats. So that's not good. And he has gone down to AAA and done well. But what's got to happen is you've got to be patient, and you've got to be unbelievably patient with these guys. They weren't patient with Tyler Glass now. Now, that was a different regime. They were patient with Mitch Keller. And look how much that's paid off. I think they're going to have to be patient with a lot of these guys. And you can't pull crap like demoting Rowanzi Contreras back to AAA because you're you're screwing around with service time. That's that's the component, Jared, that makes me think that, yeah, the Pirates, they've got a plan, but their plan is still to screw over these players as much as possible when it comes to contracts any time that they can. And and that's a, that's a big part of what I have a problem with, just about the way they go about things. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. You call a spade a spade. Contreras is solely based on contract and, and contract manipulation because the way that he was pitching, for the most part, with the Pirates was very good. Um, he wasn't hurting them in any way when he was on the mound. And, and that's a guy that needs to pitch every fifth day in Pittsburgh. He is, I'm sure, you know, you talk about building up. Well, these guys have been built up since February and March. And, you know, when you look at pitchers, he was doing side work. He, there was no, there's nothing necessary to build him up unless he was dealing with a minor injury that they told nobody about. He spent time on a taxi squad and then, you know, finally goes back to AAA. But listen, that's a kid in, in Indy. There's just no, you know, when you trot out guys like Bryce Wilson, and this is no disrespect to Bryce Wilson, but Bryce Wilson needs to be Will Crow 2.0. He needs to be a reliever where he's had success, which is remarkable to me because he hasn't had success as a starter. He has mentioned on the record that he doesn't want to be a starter. He's much more comfortable as a reliever. And yet they trot him out as a starter. Come on. 
let's be real here. So, you know, when you look at, and you're right, Swinski needed to be, to be sent down. And, and luckily, he had the benefit of the all-star break and has come out on fire. And I think that's huge. You know, Castillo, same thing. You know, wasn't really hitting the ball the greatest. So, you know, the DFAs aren't always unwarranted. But at the same time, you know, you got to develop on the fly. And, you know, you got to... You, Sometimes there are there are expendable parts and pieces, and and that's the game. That's a business, right? There's a Houston Astros. Uh, I'm sorry, a Boston Red Sox player. I think traded today, and he's being interviewed, uh, and they're asking him, "Hey, were you traded?" And he's like, "Well, I guess I think so." Uh, it's a business, and you know, and that's people. Things are going to happen, but you know, and, and those two guys in Swinsky and Castillo know what this is like. This, this was a stressful process because those guys are on the field or at batting practice. And they're like, well, you got to go, you're being traded. And then the next thing you know, they're being uprooted and, and sent out to Pennsylvania, uh, just like they were last year. And, you know, it, this is a time of year where things just are so helter skelter, both, you know, you're, you're dealing with super two, um, you're dealing with contracts, you're dealing with options, you're dealing with players and the IL and breaks and, and this, that, and the other thing and days off, which the Pirates have had a few days off uh, more than I thought that they would at this time of the season. But again, there's just so much, so many moving pieces right now that, you know, the, the roster that we talk about tonight or today for that matter is going to be completely different by the end of the day. And Jared, while while you've been talking, while you've been talking, news has just broken tonight that the other part of the trade, Chris Stratton, the Pirates sent Chris Stratton to the Cardinals as well uh, in that Quintana deal. That news literally broke a minute and a half ago. I'm seeing all the all the confirmation. So uh, Chris Stratton, uh, 40 games, one start, 509 ERA. So they gave up two major leaguers. They got a major leaguer back and a 21 year old double A guy. So, yeah. And so to evaluate that trade, I think Stratton was cooked in, uh, in Pittsburgh. So I think the greener pasture might be with the Cardinals. Now, it is very, very odd that they are, you know, trading within the division. Yeah, um, that is. Especially a guy like Quintana. But, you know, he gets to go to a competitor um, and he goes to, to somebody that's going to compete to win a world series this year. And, and I think the, the, the Cardinals have that opportunity. I think that they are, a, I mean, they're a phenomenal organization, uh, the guys on their last legs, like Yadi Molina, Adam Wainwright, Albert Pujols, um, while they might not have the impact that they did, um, before, uh, mainly Pujols, uh, they still have Yadi Molina and Yadi Molina is one hell of a catcher as good as, as, you know, is what he's done to the Pirates. Um, but, yeah, again, that's the that's the beauty of the deadline. So many things can happen in an instant. And it'll be interesting to see how these rosters are made up because that's going to dictate, you know, what comes next. Is Swin- will Swinski get called back up? Will Castillo go- call back up when he's available? Uh, will Mike Burroughs, you know, get a September call up? Who's going to be moving from double AA, A, triple A? Who's the player to be named later? Where's Where's that guy going? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what comes of the deadline and, and what happens within the organization, because there are going to be a lot of moving pieces. Just hope. I mean, uh, the best advice I can give Pirates fans is to cross your fingers. A lot of you might want to come to Altoona and watch some of these guys play or you have in the last couple of years um, or, you know, in the future, you want to see the prospects play. The best thing I can tell you is cross your fingers. Uh, like I said, 40% of them 
you're hoping 40% of them probably pan out. If the number is that high, that's a good thing. Uh, but ultimately, at some point, the reason I can sit here and say that the Pittsburgh Pirates will never win a World Series in the rest of my lifetime is because they, they don't have the kind of money to keep and go out and add. Their, their entire deal is bringing up youngsters and prospects, and you can have a level of success that way, but I don't think you can ultimately get over the hump and, and create a, lo- a longer window of opportunity doing it this way. And so you, you place so, so much pressure on your organization. So for that 40, you need that 40, you need that 40% to be 60% for your plan to pay off. And that's just not overly realistic in the minor leagues. Well, and they have to be fully bought into what their plan is. You know, is it to compete and win world series or is it to, to continuously rebuild and reload and, and maybe compete for a few years, fall back, reload, and come back and do it again. I mean, look at 2015, right? 2015, they had every opportunity in the world to to continue that dot to, to continue winning games. They won 90 some games, right? And then they they traded Neil Walker for John Neese. And that right there tells you a lot about the organization and what their goals are as an end goal. You had 90, you won 98 games. That's that's the perfect opportunity to go and get better. Go add and not John Neese. Um, but I mean, obviously there, you have to fully buy into what you want to happen. Do you want to win a world series and compete for a world series every year? If not, then what they're doing, they're just teasing, Hey, we're going to have these highly touted prospects. Will they develop? Eh, we'll see. Um, we're going to put a team out there. Is it going to be competitive some days? Yeah. They're going to be fun to watch. And other days people are going to be like, who the hell is this guy? And you know, and that's, that's the Pirates MO. And I think that's what's uh, what's infuriating if you're a Pirates fan, because there is potential there. There has been potential. The, the guys like Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, um, guys like that are, are cornerstone players. You know, David Bednar, um, guys like that at the back end and, and guys like Mitch Keller pitching the way that Mitch Keller is pitching. You know, that's a front line uh, of the rotation guy. Those are the guys that you can build a roster around, but it's, but then you guys, then you have guys like Josh Van Meter and Jake Marisnik, and this is no disrespect to them by any means. They're they're good ball players, they're major league ball players, but like you're not going to be able to compete for World Series with those guys getting significant playing time. It, let's just be real. And you're not going to be able to compete for World Series just doing it through the prospect vine. You've got to, you've got to go out and sign somebody. You got to make a trade for a, you know they look they got Marlon Bird. That wasn't an enormous deal, but that was a, that was a huge help there. You got to have some guys like that that are going to stay with you. Francisco Liriano, some veterans that you're going to be able to keep instead of this never ending ordeal of, well, we've got a Jose Quintana for a little while. We're not going to be any good. So we're going to trade him for anything. And that's, that's really where the pirates have been for a a number of years. Unfortunately, that's where I think they're going to be. I, I wish I could be sitting here with, you know, rose colored glasses and say that all these young bucks on our, that we're talking about on the young bucks prospect will turn the pirates into a consistent winner. But uh, financially, I, it's just not, I don't think that's feasible. No. And, and again, you know, you got to put money into the organization if you want to win games. And I don't think that they're willing to do that. Uh, they've not shown any, any indicator other than, you know, extending to Brian Hayes uh, and, and they extended Andrew McCutcheon in a, in a, and a great deal back in the day. I mean, they 
what seems like highway robbery for a player of his magnitude back then. But, you know, it's going to be one of those situations that, hey, we're just going to be in this purgatory forever where the Pirates have the potential on paper to compete. But at the bank, it's not even a competition. And and that's the unfortunate reality of it. But, hey, you know what? Um, Play the kids, man. At least make it fun. They're going to lose terribly and they have lost horrifically this season, but they've also won a lot of close games. They've won a lot of games um, that people didn't expect them to win. They swept the Dodgers. Um, They've competed against pretty much everybody and they're all, they're in games for the most part. And then sometimes things get away and, and then you end up seeing Yadi Molina on the mound against the, uh, against the pirates. And, but you know, you, you don't know what you've got unless you see it on the field. Uh, you don't know what these guys are going to be like as major leaguers unless you let them play. And, you know, we've seen what Diego Castillo can do. We've seen what Cal Mitchell can do. Uh, we've seen what Jackson Winsky can do. And and now we're seeing what Bly Madris and, and others are able to do. And and you just got, you don't know in, until you see it. And I think that's the if you're if you're going to go a certain way, you might as well play the youth and, and get rid of the veterans because see what you've got, because eventually that could be another trade chip uh, a year or a year or so down the line. Well, play the kids, but be prepared for the Pirates to stink for the next couple of months. But those kids will be getting the right experience that you hope will help pay off in a year or two. Yeah. And and if it doesn't, well, then you got to go back to the drawing board. But again, you know, the the plan is in place or, or so we think it's just can this plan stay on track? And that is a lot harder to do than people might think based on all the moving parts and pieces within every level of the organization from the majors down to the, the complex league. Well, the thing, I, the thing I would say in closing is this, um, I go back to what I kept repeating. There is the good news is there's a plan. We hope Ben Charrington will stick with his plan and not panic. I, I think the, the worst thing that can happen is they do what they're doing and for a couple of years and they trade these guys and all of a sudden there's a panic there. Uh, first of all, I don't think Derek Shelton's a very good manager. I'm not sure he's the right guy there, but if they panic and they start doing different things, that's when you start to wonder, okay, well you did all this, you you stay patient with your plan. You got to see this plan through fruition. And that means a hundred losses this year. It means 90, 95 losses next year just to have that two-year window of opportunity in 2024, 2025, perhaps. Yeah, right. And, I mean, it, it's time to to show what you've got and buy in or get out. And, you know, they have the tools in place. I think Henry Davis can be a, a, a good Major League Baseball player. Now, we have not seen him in action in nearly enough to, to prove um, those suggestions. But, you know, the, there are small pieces in Pittsburgh that are ready. And, uh, you know, it, can Jack Swinski be an everyday player in the major leagues? Can Diego Castillo? Can Lima Driss? Can O'Neill Cruz? You know, you look at that roster and there are some good players. And it's just what can you put around them that's going to make this organization better? Not just for right now, but for years to come. We Going back to college football you're recruiting both now and in the future it'll be interesting to see how the future pans out for the pirates but there's been no indications that anything is going to change all right well by the time people listen to this jared there'll probably be some more trades so again keep 
Keep an eye on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Alex Dump will have all that covered. Maybe we'll get into some more of these new guys coming up on the podcast next week. But it will certainly be interesting from our perspective here in Altoona, maybe getting to see some of these new guys coming in. That's right. But for right now, Corey and I have not yet been traded. We'll be letting you know, potentially, that that's obviously an option. But for Corey Geiger and Jared Prugar, this has been the Young Bucks Podcast for the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.